The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Two videos at the top of the page there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you missed that and you want to catch it on Hollywood Hypocrisy, uh, click on the, the play button there. You can watch it up till 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we are. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. Join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble. Uh, the channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live, so please subscribe to that as well. Also, before it's news.com, top of the page, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. 
uh, a number of Facebook pages that bear my name. Also, Twitch at the Real Tim Brown. And then if you use Twitter, the Real Tim Brow, leave off the N and add a two, the Real Tim Brow two, and you can pick up the stream there as well. Uh, real quickly, you can sign up for our email newsletter right under where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can get our ministry email at sonsoflibertyradio.com. And then if you would like to support us in what we do, uh, you can click on the donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. Again, I just want to say pers personally, and I think on behalf of Bradley and his family, thank you for uh, your support of keeping us out there doing what we're doing. Now, I'm not going to go through a bunch of videos and other things because... Uh, we have a special guest this morning, and uh, we're going and and we're bringing her on uh, a special because of the information. She's kind of alluded to this. Uh, our nurse and nutritionist for Saturday. If you guys don't join us at eight a.m. on Red State Talk Radio and the various outlets we're on, Kate Shimarani. She's been pulling up some stuff that. Well, how do I say this, Kate? I mean, you've got we've got people in the alternative media who don't even want to talk about this issue, and it is. It is a flat-out premeditated murder. They know exactly what's going on, and it has nothing to do with the COVID shots, people. It has nothing to do with those. Tell us about that. Good morning, by the way. Hi, good morning. I'm just wrestling with my phone here. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to uh, plug that in, and because uh, I don't want to lose uh, I don't want to lose what I want to tell you. Yeah, and no, I've got the I've got the screen share open. If you want to share with people and guys, I'm going to try to be I, as I quiet as I can. Let you. you get it I'm, out of the way. I'm tech. I'm tech rubbish. <laughs> um, I've sent you the um, exercise um, signet document by email. Do you remember I sent it to you and you've written a uh, you've written an article on it? Yep. And this morning I have sent you the palliative care document. I've sent that to you this morning. And uh, they are the two documents that we uh, need to talk about. And if anyone wants to say, you know, I'm not, I, I'm lying. They're right there. The document is right there. It's the palliative care funding review. So do you have that in your emails, Tim? Yeah, I'm, I'm opening it up now. Uh, now, the other one I'll have to go and look for, but I've got this one. But if you need to share off your screen, you can do that, too. So I turned that on. So people I, don't, I don't even know how to do that. Okay, I'm no problem. I'm going to get so tech savvy. But uh there it be. But look, you know, let's uh, so let let yeah. So let's just go into so while uh, while I talk, do you want to look for the other document? Because let me just give some sure. people some hard. I'm going to give people some hard cold facts, and um, everybody knows me, so I'm not even going to do an introduction. And uh, if you don't know me, you can Google me. I'm classed as the most dangerous woman in Britain. You'll see this face come up. I have a Wikipedia page that no one can alter, which should alert you straight away. Because they do that to discredit uh, me. I'm up there in the rogues gallery with Mike Eden, Dr. Vernon Coleman, Andrew Wakefield. We're all up there. Um, I am a nurse trained and qualified of 36 years. I'm a trained and qualified independent nurse prescriber. I have a diploma in personal nutrition and I've worked in live radio since 2016. I knew it was all a lie and smelt the rat immediately in, in February of 2020. Did a radio show, promptly saw me kicked off there all over the world, over 2 million views, but by the grace of God, and I'm glad it all happened, I'm now on Sons of Liberty with Tim Brown, who I would consider my brother. Amen. So Amen. Uh, so the, the, the point is, everybody is looking over here at the vaccines, and I'm not denying they're not a vaccine. Um, they are killing people, and if they're not killing you immediately, they're certainly going to shorten your life. 
They're going to give you a really miserable ending, uh, but it's going to generate a lot of money because that's all you are. You're just a commodity. And uh, the thing that's happening over here has always been happening and it's all documented. Now, one of the things that I wish to correct myself on, and I'm really going out on a limb here and it's quite dangerous territory, but we will uh, come up with it. Um, we will come up with everything that we found. Um, I can I can state, and, I, and, and I'm pretty sure until proven otherwise, that when Matt Hancock came on to our TVs in the UK and stated that a good death required, obviously, a syringe driver and the morphine and midazolam and someone to um, uh, to deliver it. Um, I would say someone to, uh, you know, pull the trigger. And he stated that we had purchased all of the midazolam that France had. Um, no one really looked into that properly, but I can tell you, I and several others now uh, believe, and I'm almost certain that that midazolam did not come from France at all. It came from right here in the UK. And, um, and there's many names connected to it. One of those names goes very high up to the Bank of England and also um, is a lord. And Matt Hancock's name is in there. And um, this is beyond dirty. And, and people are concerned about me being the one to put it out there because it's very dangerous. But, you know, what, what else can they do? What put me to my Lord and creator in judgment first? Do your worst, because for me, I just get there before everybody else. And I always like to be ahead of the game. Um, so what's actually happening right now is uh, they are murdering. I don't know how else to say it. If you hasten a death in the UK, it is euthanasia, which is illegal, which means it's murder. And if you've come up with a strategy to implement that, it's planned murder. It's on a pretty grand scale, which means it's mass murder. And the amount is, it means it's genocide, which under the Rome Statute, or another period in history, we were told um, under the uh, trials at Nuremberg, it carries death by hanging if you are indeed found guilty. And it's against the laws of God and man. Yes. So I just want to go through some some hard facts with you and everything is in the two documents. So you can you can don't don't email me anymore and ask me for the documents. They're out there in the public domain. They're on our British Nursing Alliance channel. Tim has them. Majid Nawaz has them. We've put them out there. We don't work for you. It's for you to do your due diligence. Don't sit there on your Netflix, drinking your Diet Coke and your Spotify on whatever other mind numbing resource that you're using and ask the rest of us to do it. We do it. I don't have a TV. We do it. Now it's for you to do your own due diligence and save your own family members. So if you are putting your loved ones into a scare home or a hospital, and heading off on your holidays. And when I went to the emergency room, yep, that's what people used to do. Drop their elderly off at the emergency room and then you couldn't get a hold of them. Then you have to accept what you did. So let me just give you some hard facts and I'll just do them in chronological order. On the, 20, on the 23rd of January, sorry, on the 
3rd of January 2020, doctors had it explained to them while they why they should sacrifice the elderly. On the 27th of the 1st, 2020, nurses had it explained to them why they should sacrifice the elderly. Now, these would be right at the top. It wouldn't be those further down. The Supreme Court overturned a 90-year-old rule in America that protected nurses if they were working beneath a doctor. That was overturned. You're not protected in America anymore by saying you were working beneath a doctor. That's gone. And we can also use that in the UK for any of you nurses watching. So on the 24th of October 2020, the Sunday Times ran a story called Population Triage, and the editor was immediately summoned to number 10 Downing Street. That's where our prime minister sits and lives and where a lot of the meetings go off and where a lot of the parties go off during lockdown. And the the Metropolitan Police do the security. So they knew that they were having parties with no social distancing and drinking, making merriment, lots of them in there while our loved ones were being executed in the scare homes, the care homes and the hospitals, the hospitals. Yes, they were having parties and the Met knew. So in the UK, politically or however you want to call it, government, those at the top, those that see us as nothing more than just dirt, really. And in fact, NHS England, some of those at the top do describe the patients as excrement, but they don't use that word. They use a much fouler word on toilet paper. I have that on good authority. They describe them as excrement on toilet paper that you do not hold on to, you just pass it along. That's what they describe us as. So your life years are measured in your quality life years, and that's your health and finance working life. That's how much are you worth? I don't mean how much your house is or your car or your diamonds on your fingers or your Rolex watch. That's how much tax you pay, how much national insurance you pay against how much you cost the system. That's what that is. Now, in 2000, Anne Winterton was in Parliament and they were debating the anti-euthanasia. This is the euthanasia bill here. Um, medical, uh, medical treatment prevention of euthanasia bill. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Now, this was being debated in Parliament and Anne Winterton was there. And this Bill 12 of 1999 to 2000, you can go on and get this research paper dated the 24th of January 2000 and House of Commons Library. And they debated it. And it was said at that time that if the public knew what was being debated, they would be horrified because they wanted to overturn this. Well, they ran out of time. And this anti-euthanasia bill still stands in the UK today. So I will just clarify for any of you out there watching or listening or sharing this. If you hasten a death in the UK, the United Kingdom, that is euthanasia, which is illegal because we have the anti-euthanasia bill, which means it is murder. And if you are using a planned 
guideline protocol. That is planned murder. If you're doing it on a grand scale, that is mass murder. And the figures I'm going to give you are right in there with genocide, which carries the penalty under the Rome Statute if found guilty, death by hanging. So I just would like to clarify that. So I go on. 83% of the elderly that went into the hospitals over the last two years did not come out. 83%. Now, in 2000, before 2011, 470,000 people must be euthanized in the UK in order for the hospitals to get their money to fix their roofs or their electrics or whatever. If they go below that figure, they lose money. If they go over that figure, they gain money. And how do I know this? Because there is a planned tariff incentivized euthanasia point system in England alone. Now, what that is in 2011, it increased to 549,000 must be euthanized annually in England alone in order for hospitals to get their money to do their fixtures, etc. Should they go beneath that, they lose money. Should they go above that, they gain money. In 2021, that figure rose to 599,500 must be euthanized in England alone every year in order for the hospitals to get their money to do whatever. Should they go beneath that, they lose money. Should they go above that, they gain money. What that equates to in 2021 is 1,642.5 patients must be euthanized every day in England alone in order for the hospitals to get their money to do whatever, should they go below it, they lose money. Should they go above it, they gained money. Again, under the planned tariff, incentivized euthanasia point system. So this goes on until 2031. This is what it does. And if you look at the Holocaust of what is going on right now, we have managed to euthanize, to murder, Six million and thirty nine thousand people so far. And if we go to 2031, those figures completely match the Diego document. It, Kate, it, it, now just to be clear, this does not this is not a this is not including abortion. This isn't the COVID shot. This is all this no. medication that they're doing just to target the elderly and disabled. And you were telling and us children. And children. Disabled children. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, into that. Like 1,600 people a day in England alone. Minimum. 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 1,642.5 patients daily minimum, and that includes disabled children. And remember, in Canada, they've now got the neurodivergence added to their total of 3% of the population mortality of those being euthanized in Canada right now. And the neurodivergence are being added to that euthanasia, which means those that are depressed, 
those with Parkinson's, those with prolonged grief, those with ADHD, autism and ADD. And England, sorry, Great Britain is adopting it as well as Australia. If we just look at where did euthanasia come from? It was Charles Davenport and William Monk wrote a book called Euthanasia, which comes from euthanatos, which is a good death. But it actually, they, they, they manipulated that. It wasn't about that. And we can do all that in another show. I just would like to thank, um, I'm going to call him my researcher now, ex-Olympian um, and world title holder, Stuart Wilkie, who was sponsored by British Airways. What an incredible man. He does all this re research tirelessly. And his parents were both um, murdered using this, this very way that they going, they do it. Now, I just would like to now talk about the ways in which this is done. It is totally, totally despicable. Now, I'm just going to put in some little things here as I go along. There was a nurse went on to Radio 4, BBC Radio 4, and she spoke to Radio 4 about how she walked behind a doctor down the ward, and it made me think immediately of a scene from Schindler's List where the Nazi went down the ward and pointed to each of the patients and shot them. This doctor went down the ward and he stated, end of life, 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 end of life. That was a death sentence for those patients. On the 29th of April, 2020, doctors were given the authority in the United Kingdom that if patients who were critical frailty scores six through nine, nine is terminal, but that could be that they have up to a year to live. Six may mean that they need help with washing and dressing. Maybe they're blind, but they have a full-time job. If they get sick and the doctor feels that they cannot achieve their own personal life goals, he can remove all essential water, food, and medication. Now, if that patient's on one of the NORAC drugs, an anti-clotting drug, because they've had maybe a clot, DBT, or pulmonary embolism, that's catastrophic to just remove their drug in one go, because they could then start throwing off clots and have a stroke, have a heart attack, have a PE. But that was what was done. Now, going on quietly here, um, so doctors then, during the COVID, were given joint statement community-based prescribing for COVID-19 symptoms. And you can go and look on this. This is from the GMC. You can see at the top of the page, gmc.org there, gmc-uk.org. This is where the doctors, uh, the General Medical Council, receive their guidance. And on the 3rd of April, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, called NICE. I mean, how ironic is that? Rapid guideline on managing coronavirus COVID-19 symptoms, including at the end of life in the community. And it states it's vital that dying patients are given as much dignity and comfort as possible. So they remove essential food, water, and medication. Do you know how horrific it is to die of dehydration? It's positively horrific. You see patients with their big tongs sticking out. And during this time, many relatives came to me and there were patients who managed to escape. And the relatives were beg being begged by their loved ones, I need a drink. One woman 
She got to the window outside the building of where her father was inside and he was begging her for a drink. Do you know what they did? They shut the window, closed the curtains, wouldn't allow her in. And then that man died wow. the next day. Wow. I spoke to that woman. She worked as a care assistant. So it says to that end, the guideline recommends recommends considering an, opi an opioid, that's your morphine, and a benzodiazepine combination for the patients with coronavirus who are dying are distressed and suffering moderate to severe breathlessness now let's just talk about that an opioid morphine is used as a painkiller but it's also it's it's licensed as a painkiller but it's also used off license because one of its side effects is it it depresses the respirations so if you have a patient who maybe has lung cancer or COPD end of life, they might feel that they're suffocating. So they give this drug to make their respirations more shallow so they don't feel like they're suffocating. Now, when you give a, a benzodiazepine, it has a, paro a paradoxic effect. The benzodiazepine can cause agitation. So the doctor or the, the nurse might think that that patient is distressed and agitated, but they're not. It's the paradoxical effect of the benzodiazepines. And many of the nurses don't know this, and a lot of doctors don't know it. Now, the other thing about giving an opioid and a benzodiazepine, morphine and midazolam, is they have a synergistic effect. They become much more potent. Now, we're talking about elderly who have comorbidities, other things wrong with them, or, or the disabled child. They might be on several drugs. They might have a compromised liver because they've been on paracetamol for years, or they've been on an on anti-inflammatory for years, or many other drugs. They might also be very, very frail, very thin, very underweight. And this is crucial because you cannot give these patients more than 0.75s as a starting dose after you've taken their respirations and then you must monitor their respirations immediately after this is for the benzodiazepine the monazolam and if their respirations go down you must cease giving it these patients were given 2.5 to 5 milligrams immediately they were overdosed they weren't even weighed for their weight i continue now that was that but what also they could have been given budesimide or Palmacourt, because the, the World Health Organization said use what is effective. That's what they said. But no one gave budesimide or Palmacourt. And it was used in America in the intensive care units for COPD and corticosteroids and glucosteroids for inflammation in the lungs, and it stops it. But these patients weren't given that. They weren't given it. They were given two drugs in huge doses. And they were, some of them were given no oxygen and they were nursed on their fronts. They were turned onto their faces, people. So when you have breathing problems, when you nurse a patient with breathing problems, you nurse them semi-upright, pillows so that you open the lungs, open the arms. Some patients lean onto their tables with a pillow because they're using all their accessory muscles. You see this little area here, dipping in like this. You see their shoulders going up and down. You see the ribs pulling in. You see this on children. 
They were nursed face down, no oxygen. Why not just put a towel over their faces and waterboard them? It's horrific. And actually, there was a court that stated that. Now, I want to go on. So the GMC pres prescribing guidance actually stated, and this is this is guideline NG163. This guideline I'm talking about with morphine and midazolam. Ten doctors were asked by Matt Hancock about this guideline, and they went, no, you will kill the patients. You can't do that. So they asked one palliative care specialist, Matt Hancock did, and he ticked it off. Yes, that same person was involved in the whole AIDS care as well. I hasten to add the palliative care. So it also states on this GMC prescribing guidance for these drugs, it is clear that you may prescribe unlicensed medicines. Remember, it's not licensed for this. These drugs were not licensed for what they were going to use them for, this protocol. And where this is necessary to meet the specific needs of the patient, then there is sufficient evidence or experience of using the medicine. Evidence and experience. Do you know how much of this drug to give? Do you know how it works, the synergistic effect, the paradoxical effect? Do you know the patient history? Are you, are you uh, an independent nurse prescriber and understand drugs? Are you a registered nurse and a doctor? Do you know the patients? Do you know all the drugs that they're on? Are you working within your scope of professional practice? Are you working within your safe administration of medicines? Are you adhering to your code of professional conduct? Because it also states that you must work within the law of the country that you're practicing. If you have not followed any of these, you need to ask yourself, am I a criminal? So it states, using the medicine to demonstrate its safety and efficacy. Do you have the experience to do this? Do you have the knowledge to do this? You must give patients or their carers sufficient information about the medicines you propose to prescribe to allow them to make an informed decision. You must always answer the questions that the relatives ask. One particular relative, this is what he stated. When the nurse came in and injected his wife, this gentleman's very old in his 80s, what have you just given her? The nurse said, shut up and get out. That was her exact words. Another nurse came to me personally. She told me that two doctors went in, delivered the medicine, came out and said, that will finish him off. This nurse was very distressed when she told me this. Now, I just want to go on. I've got a lot of, lot of notes. And of course, Fat Dave has now joined me on cue. <laughs> And I'm shoving him away at every opportunity. I know a lot of people who are ticked off, Kate. They're hearing what you're saying. I'm thinking that some nurses and stuff, if uh, these people were in the room, if I was in the room and they said something like that, they're going to get a clothesline. If I was a nurse and I was listening to this, I would be saying to myself, how can I redeem myself both before God and before the laws of this land? You know it's going on. Oh, my word. I took a phone call from a nurse last night who's working in London. I am speaking to, I spoke to a doctor's secretary 
just this week, she was in the last seven days, she was crying. She was crying. She said to me, please, I've got nowhere to go with this. I know where she works. I know all of it. And she said to me, she saw a patient with a broken hip, a patient with a broken wrist. They both went into the hospital. They both died. And it was put down that they both died of COVID-19, not a broken hip, not a broken wrist. They both died of COVID-19. She also told me that the doctor she works for goes into the nursing homes and injects all the patients, says they haven't got capacity with flu shot, COVID shot. That's what he does. Doesn't say anything to the patients, doesn't tell their relatives. Um, just slightly digressing, if you really want to get into this, and I will be getting into this more, and I'll come on another show, Tim. We had a case which was Montgomery versus Lanarkshire. Please go and look it up. I'm not doing your work for you. It's Montgomery versus Lanarkshire. And that went to the Supreme Court. And they won against the GMC, the Supreme Court. And what that stated is you must, must get consent. You must tell the patient. The doctor cannot decide not to tell the patient. The doctor must, must, must tell the patient. And yet a gentleman called Montgomery, let me tell you, once you start digging, you find links to this. And also, uh, I believe she's a head of midwifery and the um, Nightingale, the Nightingale Ward. She's also on there. And when you start looking at where this little links all links up, you find the word eugenics. You find that eugenics is right in there. These two people are telling doctors and the GMC to ignore the Supreme Court decision. Well, that's contempt of court. So for all you doctors out there who are ignoring this and not telling the patients and listening to these two, you are in contempt of court. You do not come over the Supreme Court. So we're going to be covering all of that. And I don't care. You can try and slur me, but you can't argue with all the literature and all of the facts and all of the evidence. It's all there. You can come after me. You can't do anything else to me. I don't care. So what it says on the GMC, you must always answer questions from the patients or their carers about medicines fully and honestly. Are you telling the patients that when you give them these drugs, no food, no water and essential medication on the protocol NG163 or guideline, which has now been changed to NG191 and NG3 is inside NG191, only NG191 is now remdesivir. Yes, the one that causes destruction to your kidneys and your liver. Then you consider, doctors, it states consider. The reason they put consider is so they get out of it, but you don't. It's going to land at your door benzodiazepines and opioids together. So yet again, you're giving the two drugs together, which you shouldn't. You're giving them, they're going to have a synergistic effect, a paradoxical effect. You're taking away food, water, and essential medication, and you are killing them. You are hastening death. That is an end-of-life pathway. The Liverpool Care Pathway was said to be illegal and can no longer be practiced. It was replaced with the end of life 
pathway, which was then replaced with a gold standard. Oh, my word, you couldn't make this up, could you? The gold standard. We must remember the sanctity of life and our activities of daily living nurses, according to Roper, Tierney and Logan. Now, um, so what it states here, I'm just going to go on. I'm just going to remember, uh, remind you as well, something else to look up here. Sir Christopher Worm, Wormold, Sir Christopher Wormold, when criticised for, for moving our elderly from the hospitals, which is what happened in early 2020, they were moved, they were said to have COVID, but moved from the hospitals back to the care homes, where if one does indeed believe that COVID exists, even though it's never been purified and isolated, um, then why would you move them from a hospital setting back to a care home? When asked why he did it, and remember all those deaths occurred in the care homes, he said, we did it, we did the right thing. And he repeated it, we did the right thing. And he was the one that said in the exercise and sickness report um, about the respiratory virus from Asia, and that's the document you have, from 2016, the Exercise Cygnus report, which Jeremy Hunt was involved in, and that goes through all the way about um, protecting the key workers, although they didn't, if you do believe a virus exists, because they didn't have PPE gear. Some of those uh, people that were working in the care homes were so terrified that when they went home because they didn't have equipment, they slept in their garages mm. rather than go to their homes and live with their loved ones. And these elderly all died. Now, I have heard from a registered nurse. I heard it through her family member, her sister. And I know this person very, very, very well. And she's never lied to me in her life or my life. And she said that she was told by her sister, that's what we did. They were all prescribed morphine and midazolam, and we just gave it to them. Yeah, Kate. One of the things I want I want to bring up here just quickly because I didn't. We we're going through. You're going through so many documents. I'm going to put all these documents that you sent in the archive so people can check it out. But this one, this is the one six three one. Notice what it says, guys. <clears throat> it says for associated agitation or distress. This is how I think they're coming along in their minds and saying we did what was right because they're telling them it's okay. Don't worry about what kind of repercussions will happen. You need to do this. Listen to what it says. For associated agitation or distress, midazolam, 2.5 milligrams to 5 milligrams, sub whatever that word is. Subcutaneous, I think. It Thank is. you. Subcutaneously when required. And then it says sedation and opioid use should not be withheld because of because a fear of causing fear res respiratory depression. What? shouldn't be with well you're going to cause respiratory <laughs> depression you're going to kill them. yes well that, that, but but i think this is where people's minds go well they told me not to fear that that i should just go ahead and use this well, i think that's what go. goes on in their mind to say such a thing yeah let me go you're not going to be protected by the law you are not going to be protected because let me tell you on that packaging that came in french which I don't believe came from France at all. That packaging looks tampered with. And they said they removed the inserts. You don't speak French. And if there's no insert in it, you shouldn't have even given it, nor should the pharmacist have even bought it to the wards. I don't believe that came from France at all. Why would 
the French give us all their drug. Didn't they need it for the French people in case theirs, their drug of choice ran out? We left. We did the Brexit. The French don't even like us. Why would they give us all their drug? Well, unless who knows. But anyway, I don't believe it came from France. But let me just talk about that for a minute in French on that packaging. But you press on their actual guidelines from a court and it leads you right to EMC, which tells you the actual dose that you should give of it. And it is not the dose that you've been giving. It's way under the dose that you've been given. So you haven't got a rat's behind chance. When you stand in a court of law, no police, no National Health Service, no GMC, no NMC is going to back you because you know what you did? You thought you were above the law with your dancing TikTok videos, with your food parcels, with your hero getting your seal clap on a Thursday night. And just to let you know, the whole dancing and then this clapping is a satanic ritual where your murderers dance and you clap just before you're about to be sacrificed, you idiots. So all of that was done. And they were dancing and getting their food parcels, getting their priority shopping, going around the supermarkets in their dirty, filthy scrubs with their ID cards hanging around their necks, priority shopping ahead of the elderly. And they were doing that. If you believe it's a virus and you can't be near anyone and it can live on a surface, you stupid fools, you're supposed to be educated with your masks on when a viral particle is five times smaller than the holes in your masks. If you believe all that and you've gone and done it, you deserve what's coming. You really do because you suddenly thought you were bigger than the law and you've been led down a path into a trap and you can't get out of it. You're in a lobster net, a lobster net where it was really easy to you to fall into it, but you can't get out and you will face justice. And while there's breath in my body, I won't shut up. And that crowd is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because the bodies are piling and piling. And you watch what the government does when they all step back, because every single one of those links that you should have pressed on guides you to it. Now, the NHS, all of those protocols for you doctors and nurses listening, please do share this, everyone, especially anyone who knows anyone in the UK. Every single one of those protocols that you look up on the system, if you keep pressing on it, it all leads to NG191, NG191 guideline, NG191, which is your remdesivir, your benzodiazepine, and your morphine. So are you telling your patients, well, actually, guess what? You're now on an end of life care pathway. Is that OK? Oh, and by the way, an escalation plan was done on you from the first lockdown, an escalation plan. plan. I have the documents, escalation plan. Dr. Dave Cartland gave me those and he's been on your show and all the elderly, were, and an escalation plan was done on them. And that stays with the patient. And that was putting them straight on this. So I know a patient that went into the hospital with gout. He went in with gout. He never came out. He was given huge doses of morphine and midazolam. I mean, this is nothing new. This goes back and back and back. This is why I started off with the euthanasia numbers. So let me just go on now. One of the things is sleep apnea means 60 seconds without ventilation. 
So what that means is you don't take a breath for 60 seconds. Now, if I said that to everyone looking and listening here, right, on the count of three, we're going to not take a breath. As soon as I go three, two, one, you're going to be like, <gasps> these patients don't get told that it's coming. They just get given this and they don't breathe. That's what happens to them. What happens if you suddenly don't breathe? You're going to get agitated. You're going to get agitated. End of life. When you die naturally, if you watch someone who's dying naturally, what's the first thing that happens? They stop eating and drinking. They just stop eating and drinking and they start sleeping more. This is all normal. If you start trying to force feed them all of the blood because the body's trying to save itself and you're losing energy, your blood starts to retreat and it goes to your heart, your liver, your lungs, your brain. So your arms and feet and legs and hands start to go cold and then they start to get mottled. Now to try and feed someone when they're naturally dying, if you try to force it with a, a nasogastric or a TPN, that would be horrific because you're going to cause more problems because there's no blood going to the intestines as such, only minimal because it's for digestion. It's not doing digestion anymore. It's more concentrated on the brain, the liver, the lungs. This is why a patient can hear what's being said around them right to the point of death. It's the last of your senses to go. Now, eventually that patient is going to stop swallowing saliva and their breathing might be a little bit erratic. They might breathe a few times. They're not breathe for a minute. And that's called chain stokes, chain stoking, named after the person who who discovered it and talked about it. So when we stop swallowing saliva, we refer to that as the death's rattle. And it's as you're exhaling, it makes this gurgling sound. And it's the saliva rattling. And anyone who's been around anyone, whether it's traumatic or whether it's it's they've suddenly had something happen to them, a heart attack, or whether it's someone who's just dying of old age or disease, they generally, you will hear this. And it's a good sign that death is imminent. Well, let me tell you, nurses don't like to hear this. And sometimes relatives find it quite distressing. So they give them a drug called hyacin to stop that rattle. Glyphopriam uh, is another one. Um, so let me uh, just point you to another thing here. Um, midazolam, 10 milligrams. Um, benzodiazepine if required. So this treatment in the last days and hours of life, managing breathlessness for patients 18, 18 years and over, managing patients 18 years and over. They included children into this as well, folks. Um, the treatment, higher doses may be needed for symptom relief in patients of COVID-19. I'll bet they needed higher doses because they knew they were suffocating. They knew their bodies were being killed. Lowered uh, COVID-19, lower doses may be, may be needed because of the patient's size or frailty. The doses are based on the BNF and palliative care formulary. Morphine sulfate, 10 milligrams or over 24 hours via a syringe driver, increasing stepwise to morphine sulfate, 30 milligrams. Oh, midazolam, 10 milligrams over 24 hours via the syringe driver, increasing stepwise to midazolam, 60 milligrams. If you've got a patient that weighs 
50 kilograms. The starting dose should be, um, I think it's uh, 0.75, I think it is. Preventable available. <laughs> you know, when I read this, it makes me really sad. So we were supposed to have ordered from France, which I don't believe it came from France. I believe, as I've said, it came from this country. And those links go right up to somebody who's involved in the Bank of England, right at the top, who's a lord. And Matt Hancock's name is in there as well. That's before he even reaches the MHRA, as opposed to be medicines regulatory. And incidentally, by the time it reaches the NHS, I think it's gone up 10 times in cost and you pay for it. And all those people behind have got very wealthy on your misery and your loved ones dying. So 83% were administered uh, were administered this drug and we ordered 18 milligrams per patient, per patient. And that is five times the dose of, of, of what's needed. And some of those received seven times the dose and they were all dead within 29 hours all died within 29 hours. Now, pre-COVID, end-of-life care, 35% were put on this end-of-life care and killed. The Liverpool Care Pathway in 2012, it was 29%. Now we're up to 85%. Um, so this is what's happening. Now, that document that you, the EMC said, if giving midazolam to the over-60s, the over-60s, 0.5 milligrams starting dose check the respirations and um if if lower than 12 to 20 they shouldn't be given at all it shouldn't be given at all and if it drops after administration from 12 to 20 you must stop immediately but they give them 2.5 to 5 milligrams as a starting dose remember the starting dose must be if you're giving it to the over 60s and they weigh 50 kilograms or more, then you give 0.5. They gave 2.5 to 5 milligrams as a starting dose. They didn't check the resps before. They didn't check the resps after. A lot of the nurses told me that and the care assistants. They didn't weigh the patient before. They didn't look at their comorbidities and their other drugs. They just put them on this. And John Alooney told me that a lot of those patients that he was collecting at that time all died simultaneously. He was in one care home collecting a body and he was told, oh, hang on a minute, because there'll be another one in a minute. And, and, and we've got another one as well. And he waited. What does that tell you? Inject, inject, inject. They must have all been given that drug. I hypothesize that those patients must have been given that drug bump 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 and you had this deaths occurring a straight one after the other after the other after another mm. and john and he was collecting the bodies he was told to wait there the other thing he said was when he was unzipping the bags he didn't even recognize one lady that he knew he said these were like skeletons wow they were like skeletons in these bags like from a concentration camp was his exact words 
from the uh, Second World War. That was his exact words. And I know he would back me up on that. You know, Kate, just real quickly in the show, and I know you said we got to do things so that you got an hour because you got stuff to do. So we're going to have to cut it short. I know that. Uh, but I'm thinking I, I'll about... I'll carry on and finish. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Well, I, I know yesterday we talked about the Battle of Athens. And we talked about dealing with, with elections and how our fathers dealt with it. They took up arms to have a fair and open election. They didn't go in there and count the votes themselves. They brought out in the open. They brought out in the light. And I think about what James says here. Now, there's a context here of what he's talking about, about people boasting about what they'll do for tomorrow and this, that, and the other. And he says, all such rejoicing and boasting is evil. It's evil. He says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And I I, I can't help, in my own mind, I, I got to confess, I, I ask, I don't know where this is going on in the States. I'm sure it's going on here. You're talking about mainly in England. It is. I'm sure it's going on here. I'm sure it's going on. I don't know where it's going on, but, you know, we're us men to do what we need to do to put a stop to this. If the allies could go into Nazi Germany and stop them from doing what they were doing, were the men here in the States or in England going in and not just talking about it, but stopping these people? stopping them from doing what it's doing in droves where hundreds or thousands of men or these millions who are walking in the street. Can you imagine if they went in the hospital and said, you're not doing that, get out of here and run the, run the murderers off and, or catch them and deal with them. I, I don't, I, how are we allowing this to just continue on and on and on and on? This is nothing new. Well, the, yeah. figures I, the figures I gave you at the beginning was that it was 470,000 uh, before 2011. Then that jumped up 549,000 from 2011. And then it went up to 599,000 from uh, 500 to two, that's in 2021. So it's going up, it's planned, it's going up. And that is incentivized 1,642.5 per day. Remember, this has gone on for years. It's always gone on, what I've seen in medicine. And we're already at 6,039,000. And if you carry on, we meet that Diego document of the, the that's what it goes to. It perfectly goes to that. I just want to say that if it was, if we should have only given these elderly over 60 0.5 milligram starting dose and they were given 2.5 to 5 milligrams from the beginning they were given five times too much as per the emc guidance which is what you nurses and doctors should be looking at and your bnf you look at the emc guidance that's what it said on the accord medazolam on the link you didn't check it nobody's going to back you and the other thing is remember that medazolam accrues it collects in the kidneys they told all these patients that were, uh, um, you know, if, if the other one I took a picture of, I'll go through, but yeah. they told all those people that have got comorbidity. Kate, Kate hold, 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 hold that thought. Let's close this out and I'll let you continue on the other side of this. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing. Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor will be with us for Rotten to the Core Wednesday. And we'll talk to you then. Join us on sonsoflibertymedia.com for the rest of this. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. If you're coming over there, we're having some problems with Red State. I'm going to try to sort that out with Scott uh, sometime today. I don't know why they're not getting our feed. They're hearing me. They're not hearing anybody else. Uh, he told me to check some settings. I haven't changed anything. This is the weird part, but uh, this is the backup computer, so... 
who knows, this thing doesn't save stuff. I have to keep going in every day and changing stuff anyway. Anyway, Kate, didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead and finish your thought. So they, these patients were given five times too much, some of them seven times too much, according to the EMC. And the um, and, and you shouldn't really, you know, looking at, you have to look at the glomerular filtration rate, that's your kidneys. And if it's less than 30 mils per minute, you shouldn't even give it. And these patients are old. Lots of them have got problems. Then you take all your people with comorbidities and disabilities. Everybody that's got a known comorbidity, um, they were told that they were at risk of COVID-19 and they were all given this devil soup injection, which is untested, unlicensed, uninsured, experimental. And we're seeing deaths everywhere. We're seeing an exponential climb in cancer, autoimmune diseases. And the list goes on. So, you know, they're, they're, they're killing them at this end or getting them ready and they're going to finish them off at this end. And um, I just want to bring something up here. And, and uh, the NMC pulled me up on it. I don't care. I don't want to be. The Nursing and Midwifery Council was taken over by the government in 2001. So if you're still thinking that you're registered with them, good luck to you. Really good luck to you, because I tell you, I wouldn't want to be any part of that or have my name solid or dirtied in any way by being part of it. Now, Tedros, who is the head of the World Health Organization, was on a most wanted terrorist list in America. Am I correct, Tim? He was on that most wanted list yep. for crimes against his own people, crimes against his own people for starvation. He also stated, uh, because he his uh, they were in, in Ethiopia, raping eight-year-old girls on the way home from school and then taking them as their wives. And he, uh, he um, condoned that. He didn't condemn it. He condoned it and explained that it, that it was okay. Now, Tedros wants euthanasia to be practiced in every country in the West. And they've already got euthanasia in five of the countries already. And this is what they are pushing for. And now he is head of the World Health Organization. This man dancing on a video in a sexual alluring manner. I believe it to be that. That's my opinion. I wouldn't dance like that with a skimpy pair of lycra shorts and a crop top. And this man is sitting in the World Health Organization who was once wanted as a criminal. And people are listening to these people. I, I, I really, um, you know, go, just going back to one of those documents, Tim, the Palliative Care Funding Review. And if you scroll down to page 60, 64, page 64, I'm not sure which one you're referencing here. I, I got a, I found all the emails, but I, palliative, I don't know. Which... Palliative care. It's the last email I sent to you this morning. Okay. All right. And I'm going to which page? Page 64. Oh, go go right down to the bottom of page 64. <sighs> I got to pull that thing way down. Go ahead and talk. Yeah. And it's highlighted in yellow and red, then yellow. And... Let's keep in mind what they tell us here, that we, uh, we are living longer. They tell us uh, on the TV and in the newspapers everywhere, we're living longer. We provide better health care than ever. 
Uh, we lead the way in the West. We lead the way. We're, we're righteous people, which is why we invade other countries and why Tony Blair is responsible for the murder of over two million. Oh, let's let's talk about Trump, Biden and Bush yeah, and, and all those guys. Yep, children, same thing. Weapons of mass destruction. We go in and we go into Afghanistan where we, we literally make bigger rocks. We smash them to pieces just into smaller rocks and we destroy Iraq, which has some of the best doctors and engineers in the world from Iraq. But we go in, we flatten the country and then we get, we get the contracts to rebuild the country. The American companies do and the Brits were behind it as well. And then we, subcontract back to Iraq for peanuts because we are righteous, good countries, right? We're leading the way. And yet we are the worst because we are doing this. We are murdering our Absolutely. Own. Absolutely. Well, you know, yeah, the same thing can be said. Again, it's kind of like what I started out with yesterday is that we we should be learning. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, that we should be learning from what Israel did and what God did to Israel for their what he called their adulteries because they were they were married to him they were his bride and God was merciful to them he cared for them so long called them to repentance sent them prophets sent them his son and he finally told Jeremiah he said I've had enough of these people give them a writ of divorce and he was out to destroy them by the way people who don't like that that terminology for Israel old testament Israel Go read Deuteronomy 28. He says, I will utterly destroy you. And so he did. And we become the same way. We, we've had, uh, how many shows have we had where we talked about the history of England? We've talked about the history of America. We've talked about our foundations as they were set upon the word of God. And, and where have we gone as nations? We've gone, just like Israel, we've gone everyone to his own way. Uh, you know, we, we've done all that kind of stuff. And we said, no, we'll decide on our own, Lord. Uh, how we're going to conduct ourselves and how does that turn out for us? It, it turns out for us bad. It really does. We end up under his judgment. Yep. So look, this, this particular thing on this document. So if you look, it says a new, so you've got to remember here, they're telling us we're living longer. They're telling us they're the righteous. But if you look just to, at the very end, expected number of deaths, they're telling you in this palliative care that they're expecting all adults at the bottom from 2011 to 2031, they're going to expect more of us to die. It goes from 446,714 in 2011, expected number of deaths by age, to 510,000. That's, that's over half a million. They're expecting to die annually, annually by 2031. Now scroll back up to the top of that 18 to 24-year-olds. Their deaths are going down because they're working age. They are worker bees. Then if you look at 25 to 64, those deaths are going down slightly. You get to 65 plus and up. If we're living longer, if we're living longer, folks, look at this. 65 plus jumps from 370,814 in 2011 to 448,000. 507, that's just over half a million a year. People, it's right there. They're telling you. It's a tacit agreement in law. They're telling you what they're going to do. And who's going to do it? It's not the cattle trucks. 
It's not the the death camps. It's not the showers. It's not the cyclone Z gas. They're using the hospitals. They're using the care homes, even using the doctors to go into the homes of them, being having your life terminated in your own home. How clearer do you need it? It's right there in black and white. Can you see that, Tim? Yeah, a doctor a day will take your life away. Expected number of deaths. People, if you're not seeing this and you're still in the street clapping for a carriage, a gold carriage that could feed everybody that can't even afford to feed their children at the moment. They're using food banks. They're losing their homes and businesses. They're going to put our gas and electric up again and our tax up again and our our council tax up again to pay for the police, the agents of the state, the brown shirts. And that's exactly where they came from. In With the Third Reich, you look where the SS came from. They were the cops. Oh, Yep. So yep. you're going to be paying more for these things. You're going to be paying even more for these things. And what are they saying? You've got people like Edwina Curry. I am not going to sit. I don't want to sit next to these people in the theater. I don't want to stand next to them in the theater bar. You silly, silly woman. Talking about the theater when people are being slaughtered in the care homes and the hospitals, when people can't afford to feed their children. And just to throw in here, folks. If a baby is born in the UK and takes one breath, it was classed as a live birth. If that baby then died, it had to be reported to the coroner to trigger an inquest. If it was born and it didn't take any breaths, it was a stillbirth. They've now changed that where that baby's got to be alive for four hours in order to be considered a live birth. If it dies before that four hours, it's considered a stillbirth. So it doesn't uh, trigger a coroner's inquest. Why is that? Why are you midwives not screaming about this? And you obstetricians, you should be screaming from from the rooftops. Do you know why that is? Because they're hiding the slaughter of the innocents from the mamas that had this COVID shot. You're asleep at the wheel. But just remember, when they finish murdering the elderly and the unborns, they're coming for your kids. They're coming for you next. Because according to that chart that is on that palliative care, you're not going to live very long. Mm. So they're going to start. They're going to start coming down. That's right. I, I, you know what sickens me the most, Tim? What sickens me the most is the weakness. Yeah, of the, the people. Men yeah, of the men. Of yeah. men. We talked you about sitting there on your gonads, pumping your muscles, getting your tats, getting your teeth from Turkey. Your is, veneers on your teeth, you know, with your one earring in, yep. looking at Netflix, watching all this stuff, getting your suntan, and you're letting women like me, a 57-year-old woman, you're letting me go out there on the front line? Shame on you. There's not one of you out right. there, you weak-ass pussies, that I would even want as a husband. Well, that, I'd rather sit here on my own. Yeah, well, you know, Kate, this is something that we talked about yesterday with the Battle of Athens. That was a time where men was men. It was the only time since the uh, War for Independence where men took up arms in this country and were successful in fighting back rebellion. And it was because, one, and I didn't say this, but I recommend people go back and go in the archive. You can click on that book, uh, The Fighting Bunch. You ought, to, you ought to read it or listen to it. You can get it in the Audible version. But what they did was, once they did it, they kept their mouths shut. 
they, they no, there was this guy Christopher uh, Christopher Rose who did the book. He said I went and I had to kind of track down everybody and try to get people to talk, and nobody would talk until after everybody was dead. And good, it kept it quiet. And you know, the only person prosecuted in all of that was the cop who started it. And so this is, but I, I want to. I, I, what you said about that lady saying at the theater and stuff, I don't know if people had heard Pierce Morgan and this guy, oh, uh, Tate. And he named me. Well, Everybody. Well, get emailing you. I want people yes, to understand. Yeah. Get on Twitter. Tell him on Twitter to get me on. He named me. Yep. He vilified me. He put pictures of me. Well, now what? Pierce Morgan, put your money where your mouth is. Get me on your show and let me talk about all this. Well, let, let, let's let's let him whine like a little baby. And by the way, I don't, you know, Andrew Tate has some right things he says. And then he came out and he says, oh, I'm going to join the Antichrist religion, Islam. And if you're a real Christian, you know what's going on. You should convert too. Well, that's moronic. That's just moronic. And I told my boys because they would listen to something. I said, you need to be careful. That, but he doesn't have a Christian worldview. He may get some things right. A lot of people do. But I said, this guy, you need to watch him. If he's put out front and center like that, you got to watch him. Here's what Pierce Morgan had to say, and here's what he had to say to him. Check this out. It's a perfectly valid point. You know, people have quite, I think, quite rightly held me to task over some of the positions I took during the COVID pandemic, uh, notably when the scientists said, as a definitive scientist, that you, you couldn't transmit the virus if you had the vaccine. It turned out that wasn't true. And I based my observations on that supposed because you're a moron but in that case if you refuse to be vaccinated you shouldn't get the same rights as people who've been vaccinated if if it's true that if you're unjabbed you can pass it on it turned out actually there's not much difference whether you've been vaccinated or not and Hello. at that point i changed my mind uh, uh but i i felt that yeah, there were a lot of people who were being deplatformed from twitter at the time and you supported it the validity of scientific statements and they would then be a complete u-turn so I do think it was a very interesting period. An interesting actually, period. Interesting He's going to get called out here. Listen. It was actually worse than that. You're right, Piers, but it was actually worse than interesting because what happens is when you censor an entire side of the argument and only allow one side of the argument to have a voice, you are changing reality in real time. You are shaping the world. The only reason that scam continued as long as it did and the only reason people didn't get to see their own parents get buried and the only reason people sat and missed cancer appointments because they were scared of the common cold was because they were censoring anybody who said anything contrary to the purported version of events that the mainstream media decided they want the entire world to swallow. Yeah, and and that's that's the catch here, Kate, is that that Pierce he wants amnesty from what he engaged in too, because oh. he wanted people shut down. He wanted everybody silenced. He wanted to take his platform and just blast everybody that disagreed with him. And now he's whining because he knows the jig is up. And he's like, oh, please have mercy on me. No, nah, dude. No, no mercy for you. No, no. no. Um, I just, you know, please, everybody listening to this, get on Twitter and just say, get Kate Shemarani on. We want to see Kate Shemarani because, you know, I was the first one out of the box, um, and I didn't mean to be. I didn't mean to be on that little fateful 20,000 in my town show, radio show. But they've used my own son. They vilified me. They did everything they could. Well, I'm still here, and I'm not going away. But, you know, these people, because of Piers Morgan, because of Edwina Curry, because of Esther Ransom, because of lots of these celebrities, David Beckham, um, a lot, uh, lots and lots of these celebrities because of a particular nurse called Joe. Uh, she went and she stalked me on every single interview that I gave 
And every single thing on YouTube, there she is stating and all over Twitter, I'm a registered nurse. I've had my children done. I work in emergency care. I've not forgotten that, Joe. And I've got screenshots, Joe. And because of all these people, other innocent people would have gone out and been coerced because of those people's position of authority and influence and would have had this injection. And because of that, people have died. People have died because of these people. When you are in a position of authority or influence, it must not be taken lightly. I never took my position lightly, not once, of being in a position of authority when people were coming to me and saying, it's because of you, I've woken up, I'm not having it, I'm not having it. And I remember a couple of times, and my friend will tell you, Katrina and I'll be on the forest and I've cried as well think, and, and said, Lord, please, you know, give me thine eyes, give me thine ears. Please don't let me be wrong about this. And if I was wrong, I would have been the first one to say I was wrong. And I'm the first one now to say, I believe that I am wrong, that that medazolam did not come from France. I'm wrong that it came from France. I believe it came from right here, right here. And I believe it was all planned. And um, these people like Piers Morgan, I'm sorry, no. People would have had that vaccine because of you. Your own mother got really sick after it because of you. And you need to you need to stand trial for that because that's exactly what happened at Nuremberg. There were journalists as well. Oh, you're not a journalist. I seem to remember you kind of are a journalist, Piers Morgan. But you know, let let's get in there. And I've just received an email from Twitter that mine's still a lifetime ban. I'm permanently banned. I can't retrieve my old account back. Why not? I was never abusive. I was I I, I never did any threats. I merely stated facts with a bit of sarcastic humor in there sometimes. That was all I did. But it was the same little conglomerate of people. Joe, the nurse, go and check all the posts everywhere. You'll find her name. I believe her Twitter account is um, as it is. And she's got a little icon of a diver. And she's saying that she likes to do scuba diving. That's her. You keep scrolling right back, you'll see all the stuff. But it was okay for them to, to use hate and online harm at me and, you know, posting pictures where they'd changed my appearance and mocking me and saying that was me. And I got death threats. I had to endure all of that. But you know why I carried on? Because I knew I was right. All these documents were in the public domain. The exercise sickness is the exact replica of what they did. Then your palliative care document, it's all in there. There's even a document, which I'll send you, Tim, after the show, which they have these emergency packs, just-in-case packs, that they gave to all the people in their homes. And anybody could give this pack, a layperson, a carer, a neighbor, a friend, a loved one, a husband, a wife. It was morphine and medazolam. Anyone could administer it. Yeah. And they actually wrote this on the document, not to mention we'd got injectors with no medical training, believing that they were the righteous and that they were going out injecting people. And they're still doing it. Right now, as we speak today, right now, someone in the UK, and certainly lots in England, because it's 
per day minimum. Right now, as we speak, someone's died. In a minute, someone else has died. There's 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours. Add it up and work out how many people are dying. Yeah, it's, Kate. One of the terrible. one of the one of the other things I want to point people to. Now we had Stephen Hallbrook on. And Stephen was talking about the vaccines. I've told people this and how they're, they're not something, you know, when I was in, I remember very clearly when we were in junior high and high school, we would hear about, you know, what was the guy Salk and Pasture and all these guys. And they were doing all this stuff. And and we were led to believe they were Christians. And, and you know, this was a new technology and all this stuff. And come to find out, Stephen comes on. I think he runs. It's called Vaccines and Christianity or it's ChristianityAndVaccines.org, which are one. Uh, he ran that, and he was telling us about the pagan origin. That this has been going on for hundreds of years. Vaccines. They would take even a, a stick and put something into your body. It was sort of your allegiance to the god of the society and everything. And his father was big. Is a big Second Amendment supporter. Wrote this book. I highly recommend it. Gun control in the Third Reich. And the reason that I'm saying that, the reason I'm telling you guys about this is as far as I'm concerned, the next step in this, if they're so brazen to do it behind the walls of the hospital and they're so brazen to do it out in the front to keep you out, don't think that what what you'll read in this book, some of you have never read. They would catch people in Germany. They would go to their door, knock on the door. They would catch them out in the street. If they had a knife, if they had a truncheon, if they had a weapon of any kind, they didn't get a trial. They shot them dead where they caught them. That's going to come here too because evil men are going to get worse and worse unless the men of God stand up and put a stop to it. And Absolutely. I'm dead serious when I say that. It's got to be the men of God. We're going to have to be the ones to repent and to do it. This is why I encourage. Let's not be out there lone rangers. God didn't call us to be lone ranger Christians. He called us to be a body. And the body has different parts and they all have different gifts and they all work differently. Everybody listen to me. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got a gift that you're using. Some of some of us, it's writing things. It's doing a radio show. It's giving information. Some of you, it's sharing that information. Some of you, it's being tactical. You're doing reconnaissance or counterintelligence or whatever the case, but all of us have a job to do in the kingdom and none is less than the other. All of it has to be done together and we need to bind together. Jesus prayed in the garden, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. And for some reason, you know, I got to say, I, I'm against certain things because uh, the theologically, because I think they're da they're very damaging to the body. I can deal with certain differences. Everybody knows that. I don't get upset with people because they may differ with me on certain things. But we know what the gospel is, and we know what's right and wrong. And failing to uphold that which is right, what did James say? It's sin. We know to do good, and we're not doing it, Kate. We're just letting it go on. The good men in the Christian faith, we're letting it go on and instead of being like those who came before us, this is why I started the show out yesterday going to David. My point with David was here was a guy who wasn't even he wasn't even trained in, in war or any of that stuff. And he comes out and he goes, guys, is there not a cause? And I asked the men of England, the men of the United States and others, is there not a cause, guys? Should we not be banding together as men in our communities, rebuilding the militias? 
putting up the grand juries again in our community, in our in our county, not D.C., forget that. Forget it. That needs to be destroyed, dissolved, however you want to use the term that Thomas Jefferson spoke about it. It's become a threat to our liberties. Forget that. Deal with it in your community. That's where you live and breathe. That's a sphere of influence God has you in. Build that up. Build up the men to love and good works. And what is love and good works? Well, it's stopping the evil. It's not letting it go on and just saying, hey, you guys, we're smarter than you guys. Well, that doesn't fix anything. And a lot of conservatives think that's what's going to fix things with uh, the guy in the White House or Anthony Fauci. Telling your mama jokes, making memes, that's not going to stop it. It may get people laughing, and they'll laugh themselves all the way to their own destruction. That's not any good. So our men need, we boy, we need God to give us courage and wisdom uh, as men. We have women, our wives to protect, other women, children, uh, and the disabled, and others that, that God has charged us. Go read the scripture. We, we referenced some of these the other day. He's charged us to protect and defend and to care for. And uh, boy, we are not doing our job if we're not engaged in this at all. We're just not doing it. Kate, I want to give you a final word because I know you've already stayed over some and I appreciate that. But I wanted this is very important. I think you've gotten this out just a little bit. And some of the things we had, I think you got to speak a little bit on Charlie Ward the other week. And a lot of people saw that then. But this is very important because. As you were telling me, there's a lot of alternative people who are covering the shot who say, well, wait a minute. Nobody wants to hear about this. They don't want to hear about the elder to be killed and yeah, murdered. They and have. That's right. It's like, what? Yeah, this is a this me. is a huge issue. This should have been probably the top. This is why we can't get out. To me, this would if this were Nazi Germany happening now, this would be the top story that needed to be got out to the people. Well, this is this is the point. In Nazi Germany, there were over 80 guillotines in town halls. Those guillotines are in the basements. And the reason we found that is at the end of the war, one of the, they were all dismantled, but one was still upright in a locked room and it was discovered. And they were meticulous. They kept records. Why did they keep meticulous records if they believed what they were doing was crimes against humanity? Because they believed what they were doing was legal and right. Law went out the window. They thought everything was legal and correct and they wouldn't face any problem from it. So they just did what they did. And that's what's happening now. We're keeping meticulous records with the morphine and midazolam. You know, it's all controlled drug book plus the patient cardex. Now, at the end of the war, they discovered they were decapitating the elderly and the disabled in all the towns across Nazi Germany. That's what they were doing. There was a young girl aged 17 and her brother who were found guilty of handing out leaflets. And she died. I believe her brother did. She was decapitated as well. Those, it was very distressing for people at the time. So they would turn the elderly face down to guillotine them. And often they didn't remove the heads of the ones they'd guillotined before. So those patients, those elderly people saw the heads of those that had already been guillotined. This was their own German people. I can't remember who he was. He was some high up priest. Like, I don't know what his position was, cardinal or whatever it was. But it was someone in the Catholic church. He came out and said, we we can't kill our own people. It's not good for morale. And I think it was Goebbels was one of them who was brought up Catholic. And so they they made him, they said, we can't. And he was ordered to be killed, this, this Catholic man uh, who said it, this preacher, priest, whatever he was. And um, they said, we can't kill him or make him a martyr. So they beatified him. And then he died shortly after. 
This is all, you can go and read all this. Don't take my word for it. Just get your head off Facebook. But you know what? This is another thing. I hear people with Facebook, with, with Twitter, with Instagram, uh, with YouTube. I can't post that because I'll get banned. And so, you listen, I had a boyfriend for a year. And I only found out recently from my good camera guy, Charlie Ponderishi, who's broken his arm. And he's having an operation. So get well, Charlie. I'm going to be looking after him this week. I found out that he was on my my boyfriend's friends list on Facebook and he never shared a single one of my natural nurse reports or any of the photographs from the rallies. This is my own partner, never shared any of that on his Facebook page, probably because he was too scared to get around. And he's supposed to be like, he was telling me, oh, I'll protect you. And he was too scared of losing his Facebook friends, however many he's got, a few hundred, I don't know. How weak is that? Too scared you might lose your account. You can't even share your girlfriend's natural nursery yeah, reports that sure. covered it all. I mean, I tell you, that was such a disappointment to me. An absolute disappointment of drawing a line right under that chapter in my life. Um, I was totally disgusted. But that's what I mean. If you're not sharing this because you're afraid you might lose your Facebook account where you share your rubbish cooking videos where you put every piece of garbage sugar stuff into a pot and make something that you shouldn't even be eating. Oh, I've seen that on posts. Um, you know, really, what, what are you doing sitting on Facebook fighting with people? You should be sharing this. If you get kicked off, get on Getter, get on Truth Social. Get on Rumble, get on all the other stuff, get out in the streets, tell all your friends and relatives, tell every nurse, tell the cops that you're friends with, show them the documents, tell them it's going to be happening to them. Because when they collect their pension, if they get their pension, they're going to be next in line for this. You know, this is a war on the mind. The devil comes to lie, cheat and kill. That's right. He uses fear and prejudice. Our Lord and creator, Yahweh, uses the helmet of salvation, which is faith and hope and our shield and all our full armor of God. And, you know, if you're, if you're getting suckered into all that stuff and you're afraid, even if you're just afraid of losing your, losing your accounts, and then people go, well, I can't get my, can't get people out there and get them looking at it if I post that and that, then you're in an echo chamber. You're in an echo chamber. I'm going to open a new Twitter account and they'll block me off that one and I'll open another one and I'll just keep doing it. I don't care. But, you know, get on to Piers Morgan. Tell him, tell him, get Kate Shamarani on. Go on to that as it is, silly, silly nurse who kept telling people I'm an emergency nurse. Yeah, own up and be a man if you can be. Yeah, share these documents with her. She was a good woman once. She was my friend. Um, share them with everybody. Show people, point it out to them because they have murdered so many people with these end of life because it's hastening death which is euthanasia, which is against the law, which is murder. That's what it is. Call it what it is. And a lot of the nurses and doctors now, if they speak up, they get struck off. They get they get sacked. They get suspended. They get struck off. Do you want to be doing that? But also you've got to find your voice because you're going to get old one day if you're lucky at this rate, because this is getting a lot uglier by the minute. And you know, when you make people stressed, when you make it that they can't warm their homes, They'll get mold. If you look at any end of life, anything that's starting to degrade, you know, your 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 yeast, your candida, your bacteria, and then your mold. These are your cleanup operators. 
ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's why you'll always find mold. This is the end up of a cleanup operation. You've got mold in your houses. You get mold in your lungs. You're in big trouble. Big, big trouble. People can't heat their homes. They're stressed. They're anxious. It's pushing down their thyroid. They're getting worried. They're breathing in mold. Their children are breathing in mold. They're cold. They're not be able to uh, afford good food, good nutrient-dense food, which is going to boost their immunity. Then they're going and getting all these shots. Do you see what's happening? They're making you, there's a funnel right now. It's a funnel, a giant funnel. And it's got a very narrow spout. And that narrow spout is NG191. And every other condition that you go into hospital with, and you keep clicking on the guidelines, you get to, it's a funnel, NG191. So if you get into that hospital three times in a year, if you've got any other comorbidities, you're starting to get sick because you've got mold or you've had the vaccine, you've got autoimmune diseases or your epilepsy has gone wild. You're in that funnel and there's only one place you're going and it's NG191. These people are maniacs. They're Satanists. They're eugenicists. That's exactly what they are. Yep. And they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And they're using you to kill you. That's exactly what they're doing. And you need to literally find your voice. You need to stop being afraid of death. You know, death doesn't exist. Nothing disappears. It just changes state. That's the same with water. When it evaporates, the water goes off the ground. It doesn't disappear. It's steam. It's the same as when things freeze. Where's the water gone? It's just changed state. Well, guess what? It was, I think it was, um, it was Albert Einstein said, energy cannot disappear. Our, our creator put, a, put us in our, in our mothers. That was the first thing and created in his image. Then we were electrical. Then we were, we were chemical. And that's how it goes. Energy does not disappear. It changes state. Stop being afraid of what is inevitable. You are going to change state. And that is when you're going to stand before your creator, Yahweh. It's the breath, Yahweh, breathing in and out, makes the sound Yahweh. And you're going to stand in judgment. So you need to find it within you. Honestly, when I talk about this, I get butterflies in my stomach. I get goosebumps. Because I ask the Lord every day, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Give me your, give me thine eyes, Lord. And I see things straight away. I sat bolt upright in my bed just after seven o'clock. And then I, I rang somebody. I can't say who, not yet, but I will get him on the show when I can. And it's huge. I rang him. He didn't answer because it was early. And so I emailed him and I said that Madazalam didn't come from France. Why would I wake up thinking that? It was like, literally, straight there, the, the missing piece. So um, you need to find it in yourself to find, find that courage and accept that we are all going to change state, all of us, all of us. Yeah, you know, Kate, one of the things that uh, I was thinking of when you were saying that is there is a reality of death for those who don't know Christ. They're going to experience not only the physical death, they're already living in death as it is Ephesians 2. They're already doing that. But there's a second death coming for them. Uh, con uh, the condemnation will be fully fulfilled when the judge issues the final decree there. But for those of us who are in Christ, Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the resurrection 
And he says, the one who is in me shall never die. It's just, it, it, he, it, you know, my friend Bill, the truck driver theologian, he said it this way. He says, for me, death is just a change of address. It's just, it's just a door I'll walk through and a place I set up residence at that the Lord has prepared for me. And I think that's exactly right. And this is why we call men to repent because their sin is going to lead them to destruction and to death. And there's no turning back. Once you once you went down that door, there's no reopening that door. And so men, women, children, whoever hear this, you're called to repent before your creator. Turn from your lawlessness of violating his moral law and submit yourself to him. Cry out for mercy and you'll have it. Don't and you won't. It's plain and simple. The gospel is a very simple thing. Kate, thank you for making time for us today and coming on. This is very important. I hope people will share it with their loved ones. I hope they will go and look back. And uh, Kate has given me uh, a number of documents. I will put them in the archive. Uh, I'll have to download a bunch of them because there's a bunch of them there. Uh, But we're going to get them in the archive so that as best we can, we're giving you all that we can. So please don't don't write and say, hey, where can I find this? SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Look for the same title as in your video description. That's where you're going to find them. You're going to find the video, the podcast, all that stuff. So you can share it. Use it whatever you want. Download it, re-upload it. You got a website. You're free to do that. We, we, you know, freely we've been given or freely we've received, free, we freely give. So that's what we want to do. So um, please take and use that and do it. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll be back in the morning with the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor, uh, for Rotten of the Core Wednesday. Talk to you then. See ya.